Welcome to One Word with me, Thomas Leamy, a podcast where I'm joined by experts to discuss one word, topic, or concept from an entirely fresh perspective. As an organizational wellness consultant and psychology coach, I help demystify the psychology behind high performance, peace of mind, and well-being. Thank you for joining me. Now let's explore with today's featured guest. Mary Schiller is an independent author and coach and the creator of Mary's Principles, an innovative approach to creating your dream life starting now. Her Mary's Principles live talks are especially for people who know that they're meant for more and are ready to make it happen. Mary also teaches coaches how to simplify their business, save time, and make more money with more impact. A native Californian, Mary now lives in her dream city of Paris, France, and her books are available on Amazon worldwide. Mary Schiller, you are very welcome to the One Word Podcast. Thank you, Thomas. I'm excited to have this conversation. And today we're going to explore a fascinating word and something that I I heard Mary speak about before. And so I, I shot her a quick email to see if she'd be willing to come on. And I was delighted when she agreed. So our one word topic or concept that we're going to discuss today is money. So Mary... Can you summarize your feelings about this wonderful word of money and how perhaps maybe it differs from perceptions that are the norm? Yes, I think so. (laughs) I wanted to start, though, with a really short story uh, that doesn't have to do with money per se, but I was reminded of this right before I came on here which was years and years ago when I was living in California. Uh, I was working as a journalist and I also was doing creative writing. I was getting my master's in English. And there used to be these fairs on the weekend, you know, different themes and things. And so every once in a while I would rent a tiny little booth And I would go buy really nice, like handmade paper. And I would have this little booth and I would say to people, give me a word and I will just write without thinking on this word (laughs) for maybe five minutes. And then I will fold it up and, and you can have it as a gift. And so that's what I was reminded of. I, right before I came on here, I was like, oh, it's kind of like I'm back in that booth, you know, writing about a word or, you know, thinking about what this word actually means. So I'm already excited for this conversation. Wonderful. Wonderful. So for me, uh, money has had a lot of meaning in my life as it does to most people, but it really started to change for me. I would say maybe about four or five years ago as I'm talking to you, because I used to see money as something that was out there somewhere. 
And I always had this idea that in order to have money, I had to go almost hunt it down, you know, and bring my lasso and grab it and reel it in. And it was a very tiring way of living. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that feeling of it being out there and you have to go and get it and and you have to rely on other people to give it to you and that sort of uh, perception, perspective. And I was reminded one time a few years ago of something that a friend of mine said. Uh, This was back in about 1990, 91, at a point in my life when I did not have much money at all. I had just gotten a divorce and my financial situation was quite dire. And I was on the phone with him and I was going through my bills and I was saying, okay, I've got to cut something from my budget because I can't afford all of these things. So what do you think I should cut? And I was going through the list and he stopped me and and he said, what are you, what are you saying? What are you talking about? You have to cut things from your budget. I'm like, yeah, I told you, I don't have enough money to pay for these. And he's like, stop right there. There's money everywhere. It's everywhere. You can literally just reach your hand out and, and take it. It's, it's just right there. And I said, I remember being kind of silent on the phone and going, huh? And he said it again. And I said, I don't understand. You don't get where I'm coming from. So goodbye. (laughs) I think we just, I just ended the call. And then all these years later, I started to realize, you know what? He was actually right because money is not something that I have to go chase down. It's literally everywhere because we are creating it. We are the, the vessel for this creation of money. I will never forget when this became super obvious to me. I was on a trip to Seattle uh, to a conference. And one evening after the conference, I was walking in this uh, area and it was literally like, you know, one of those lightning bolt moments where you just stop and go, whoa, I never had that thought before. And the thought was something like, Mary, money is not out there because think about this logically. You've had dozens of jobs in your life because I have, I've done lots and lots of things to earn money as most people have, but what is the common denominator? You are the common denominator. So where do you think money is coming from then? It's coming from you. You are the creator of this. You are the thing that is the conduit for money. So the idea that it's out there somewhere and you have to go chase it down is ridiculous because that's simply not possible. That's not how it can work. And that really shifted my perception, like majorly. I can't even begin to explain (laughs) what that did for me. And I realized that I didn't have to then go do some job that I didn't like to do just to earn a paycheck. Because since I was the one creating this, that I was the force and I was the power behind it, I could do what I wanted to do. And I would figure out how the money would show up because I was the power in the equation, not 
money and not anyone else out there. And that shift really allowed me to become a coach, something that I had wanted to do, but I didn't think I could make a living at it. But with this switcheroo in myself, I was like, well, of course I can because I'm in charge here. And so it was very easy for me to start earning money as a coach once I started putting offers out there. And so it really has changed the power dynamic because I do think that most people put money on the pedestal as the power. And I don't see it that way at all anymore. To me, it's that you and I are the power in the equation and money is simply an expression of that. It's an expression of what we create it's simply a medium of exchange. It is definitely not the power in this equation. Yeah, that I love that story, the way you talk about it, the power dynamic. And what I'm thinking now is after you had this realization in Seattle that you are the creator of um, money and you can just reach out and take it to quote that phone call you had a few <laughs> years before, what then changed for you? What happened to allow money to start showing up? Mm -hmm. Well, after that became so obvious to me, you know, it's one of those duh moments. Like you're like, okay, I've been walking around my whole life seeing this the wrong way. And it was literally like all of the fear around money just went away. I, and at the time you know, I, that I had this uh, realization just a few short years ago. Again, I was having an, an issue with my finances. I had lost my job um, and things were kind of in disarray. I'll just put it that way. And I had been living in a lot of stress around money that just went away. It just disappeared. And instead I was like, okay, I, I got this. No problem because I've always created the money and I always will be able to create the money. Money is in service of me and not the other way around. So what do I want to put out there to offer people? And at the time that I started my coaching business, people just laugh at this because it's so absurd. I had really no, no reputation at all. I had a few people who'd been following me on an audio blog that I'd been doing, uh, just a personal blog. I didn't have a website for a business or anything. And I didn't have, uh, I had an email list of, if it was 150, that was the most. And a lot of those were from a website business that I had tried and, and not failed at, but I just closed it a few years earlier. So they weren't interested in coaching. I wasn't even sure they were looking at the emails and I didn't have any coach training. I simply had had a really transformational life experience and I wanted to invite other people to experience that for themselves. And I just said, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. I said, I need to earn at least $5,000 a month. And um, so then I set my prices accordingly. I said, I only want to work with, you know, three people a month. So that means I have to charge X. And I was like, okay, here we go. I put the offer out there. I had a couple of people contact me and I signed them up. And the first month I made $6,000. I was like, well, okay, that's, that's how it works. And that's how it's worked ever since. It's like when you realize where the power actually is, then you feel really free to do whatever you want to do because you know that 
if it doesn't quote unquote work out, well, you've got a million more ideas behind that one. So you can just keep drawing from the deck of cards, <laughs> and seeing which one you want to offer next and next and next and, um, and not have the same kind of feeling of powerlessness. You know, I've had things over the course of this coaching business that haven't sold, but I don't care if they don't sell, then I decide, well, do I want to try again or not? If I want to try again, I try again. If I don't, I don't. I don't make a big story out of any of it anymore. It's much more of a neutral relationship, if you will, with money. Yeah, fascinating. And then, Mary, how do you help your clients come to a similar realization about money so that they can then have the, I guess the word is confidence, to release the offers that are on their hearts? Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that happens for people is that they stop paying attention to the stories that they have been listening to in their own heads and elsewhere around money. So one of the things that I put the kibosh on immediately is you do not have a quote unquote money block. I've heard that term used and it's, it's makes no sense to me because that's just not possible. I show people that money is no different from any other creation of yours. It's simply another version of your creative force. So when we take it off the pedestal, when we neutralize it in that way, and we see it simply as part of our existence as human beings and not as something that is so charged and all of that, when we you know, really just remove all of that story from it, it just gets so much easier to create something and share it with people and say, do you wanna take the next step? That's really all we're doing. If you're in business for yourself, you're saying, this is who I am and this is what I have to offer. If you would like to take the next step, here's how. It's really that simple. And we just don't need all of that other stuff <laughs> in the mix. We don't need to be trying to fix our quote unquote money mindset because first of all, the mind is never set. So that word means nothing to me. And there's nothing wrong with your money mindset because that's not even a, a thing. It's, it's more like, how can we access that creative power within ourselves through expressing who we are and what we want to bring into the world? And then simply asking the question, do you want to work with me? If so, here's how. <laughs> it's really not any more complicated than that. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about money blocks. And I have had some clients who have talked about that as well. And I, I see it like you do, that money blocks is an illusion. But what about beliefs? Because I've heard a lot of people talk about as well that over 100,000, oh, I, could, I couldn't earn that, or um, I can't charge that much for a coaching program or something like that. So is belief 
something that you also have to work with or on with clients? That's a great question. And I feel like I am just um, going against all the conventional conversation. I don't address any of that. I would ask someone, well, what number feels right? Okay, then charge that. <laughs> I mean, literally, that's what I say. We don't, we just don't go any further with it. And, you know, I remember one person, I, I loved her so much. She said, you know, I've never charged anything for what I do. And I said, okay, well, what number would you pick for one session with someone? Uh, and for the type of coaching she did, and I said, she said, well, $25. I said, great, charge $25. So she put the $25 offer out there. She had several people raise their hand and they all said, but I've got to pay you a lot more than that. So, you know, <laughs> that was a great example of someone just doing what they felt comfortable with. And I often will say to people that I price, price things based on what I want to earn and a number that feels right for me. And you can do the same. It doesn't have to be any sort of delving into beliefs and all of that. It's like, what number do you like? Okay, go with that. You can always change it. If you change your mind tomorrow, you can raise the price or lower the price or whatever. <laughs> it's just not that big a deal. I think as well, a lot of people who are selling in the digital space, if a coaching program or a product or something didn't particularly fly off the shelves, to use an expression, they lose the or they take that as a kind of a, a signal from the universe that they're on the wrong track. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those people? Great question. And I would simply say, if it's something that you believe in, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep going. Because as we're speaking, for example, I've started a new line of digital products that happen to be low priced and they are selling slowly, but people don't really know about them yet. So I could say, well, I've mentioned them, you know, 20 or 30 times and I haven't sold all that many of them. So maybe it's just not something people want, but I'm not going to say that because I know how valuable they are. I am not going to stop selling them just because people aren't buying right now. And I also feel like if you truly know that what you are offering is valuable, then you will keep selling even when no one is buying. You will just keep selling. I often will have somebody say to me, well, I haven't made any money, you know, in a while. And I, nobody bought this offer. And I say, well, how many times did you put it out there? And they say, oh, twice. <laughs> I just want to say, that's it. You know, it takes a lot more eyeballs on what we're offering for people to start to buy, first of all, just on a practical level. And again, if I am selling something that I know is valuable, then nothing is going to stop me from putting it out there. I don't care how long it takes me to sell something that I believe in. I'm going to just keep selling it. Mary, I've attended one of your talks recently. I think you call it Mary's Principles. Absolutely yes. loved it in your new Facebook group. What's the name of your group again? Is it Live the... It's Your Dream Life Starts Today. Yes, yes. <laughs> your Dream Life Starts Today. Can you tell me a bit about that 
please? And what what's the kind of vision behind it and the Mary's Principles talks? Mm-hmm. Well, this came about because for many years now, I have developed what you would almost call trademark phrases that people know me by. And there are quite a few of them by now. But I chose Mary's principles because I realized that there are three that people know me by the most. And they are, you have permission. I wrote a book by that name. The second one is follow the fun. And the third one is what if it's actually easy? And so everything really that I have done as a coach since I started in 2016 is based around those ideas. And when I decided to focus most of my attention, not all, but most of my attention on really supporting people to start to live the way that they want to, I just thought, you know, I'm going to really concentrate on sharing Mary's principles with people in a very fun and uh, lively way. So I am currently, as I'm speaking to you, offering a free talk every week that people can attend uh, in my group. And it's somehow or other related to living your dream life. And it's always based around those simple ideas that actually aren't so simple when you think about it. They sound simple, but I have found that people really do feel the depth of those ideas, particularly, well, all three of them, but particularly the one about what if it's actually easy, because we are so conditioned, including with money, to see life as being challenging and seeing, you know, making money as being difficult. And I just don't want to live like that. And I do believe we have the option to live in a state of ease because that's how we're actually designed. I lived in a state of suffering for a long time, and I realized that actually human beings are designed for ease because we always have an answer when we need it. We always know what to do. We don't have to hunt for ideas. They just come to us naturally. And so I would rather live in that space than in one of struggle. Wow. I'm kind of uniting the titles of two of your books in my head to have you have permission to make it easy (laughs) (laughs) there you go yes exactly (laughs) so so mary how do you help your clients understand that it can actually be easy i really point them toward the truth through looking at their life as an example Every single human being can look back on their life and see how incredibly powerful and capable they are and how even in moments of great distress, they have been able to come up with an answer, a solution. And I also show them even just in their day-to-day life, how easily they do things without thinking about it how easily they create conversations like you and I are having or um, build beautiful relationships and 
create all sorts of experiences without even giving it a second thought. And so I find that when people start to view themselves a little bit more objectively, if you will, that they start to see, oh, actually, you're right, that a lot of my life has been lived in a state of ease and not struggle. And also, this is something that I say that people kind of laugh at, but a lot of people say, well, you know, I want to live more in the flow of things. I want to feel that sense of flow, and that includes money too. And I always say, well, you can't be out of the flow because I'm not sure where you would be because nothing is out of the flow of life. We are all in it. There is no other place for us. If we feel like we're out of the flow, that's simply based on a passing idea that we happen to be giving some attention to, but that doesn't have anything to do with the truth. And so just bringing people back to a more objective perception of themselves and really looking at the way that they live from this perspective of look how incredible you are. Look what you do every day. Look what you already have done. Look at all of the examples. And they start to see it and they start to feel that. Mary Schiller, we will leave it there. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks, Thomas. It was great fun. Thank you so much for joining me on the One Word Podcast. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As an organizational wellness consultant, I work with individuals and teams to help them achieve more with less on their mind. You can get in touch now at hbse.eu. Also, did you know that a mind in a stressful state is like a flat tire, unable to perform at its best? If you'd like to transform your relationship with America's number one productivity killer, stress, you're very welcome to register your interest in my new video-based online course, A Fond Farewell to Stress. Visit hpse.eu forward slash stress. That's all, folks. See you next time.